I'm the music guy CJ Play, and this is another episode of The Noise Reports. Uh, you know what we do here? Uh, laughter, fun, music, and full-blown fuckery, pretty much. So, uh, with that said, <laughs> over here uh, is a gentleman uh, that you will be hearing tonight. Uh, musician, uh, songwriter, and uh, pretty interesting guy. Uh, his name is Mick Blankenship. Uh, this is actually a second time, or my second time interviewing him. I uh, did a first, on his last record, uh, which was Crown of Apathy, uh, we t we chatted about that. And uh, he's got a new one coming out, so we're going to chat again. And uh, how are you today? Good, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Great to have you back. And uh, you got this new record coming out, and uh new single, and uh, I guess we'll start by give everyone a kind of a small I guess description of yourself who you are or you know a little background on yourself I guess <laughs> better way to put it <laughs> uh, no worries man so uh, I'm just a guy from Cincinnati Ohio man that uh, loves rock music and uh, I write and record all my own stuff and then I uh, you know I hire some some gentlemen to help me uh, perform it live when I can uh, when those opportunities come uh, and hopefully they start coming back a little bit more often because that's what I love doing the most. Right. But, uh, yeah. So yeah, I just been playing music my whole life, man. And uh, you know, I put out Crown of Apathy a few years ago, and then you know, all of a sudden, the next thing I know, I was touring, man. So I'm yeah. just trying to do what I love. And that would I gotta say that record kind of caught me off guard. You know, like every once in a while, you get so many, I guess, promos from the different labels and everything that you work with. Um, yeah. Every once in a while, an artist will kind of come out of nowhere with a record that you don't know the artist, they're, they're newer, and that record will just kind of be like, holy shit, where's this guy been? And uh, that was definitely one of those records, man. It was it caught your attention real quick. And, Good, I'm glad um, You know, it was kind of like, I can't believe this was your first record because it was... Um, so much bigger than your typical debut record, I guess. Um, right. I mean, it it really had a a crazy sound to it. So, um, and then yeah, listening, man, I, I definitely I decided if I was going to do it, I was going to do it all the way, man. I yeah. wasn't going to you know put a demo out. I wasn't going to put something that wasn't professionally mixed and mastered, and, and yeah. you know. So I decided to you know take the time, spend the money, and and. As my dad would say, do not half-ass it. <laughs> yeah, that and that was... I was just getting ready to say, there was no half-assing it, man. And even uh, listening on the website to the to samples for the new one, um, yeah, same thing, man. The, the variety of songs, the little pieces of them, you know, there's really quite a few stylistic things in yeah. there. Like, I, I, you know, I one like was kind of disturbed I, I, I and... Do what? So I definitely upped my game quite a bit on the new record. Yeah, like I heard I, one that was kind of disturbed, and one was, you know, had that kind of Queensrÿckish feel, and one had the I don't know, man. There's just a lot going on in there, and I dig that. I know. So. <laughs> there's a lot of Seven Dust, Alice in Chains, Stones yeah. of Pilots. It's all in there. It's like all in a blender, man. Yeah. Um. So tell everyone the new. You got a new single called "My Dark Sorrow." Um. And got the video for it. Talk about that a little bit. Why is my chair breaking? Whoa! What the hell? <laughs> my chair just broke. <laughs> it happens. 
<laughs> go ahead Ed, like just tell everyone about the new single and everything and uh well you know there's always discussion and and you kick ideas back and forth of what song you should release what should be your first single what should be your second single you know and so forth and you know it just it felt to me like i actually wanted that to be my first single but then it wasn't it's not a banger man it's not one of those songs that's you know hot and heavy and, and full of energy it's actually quite the opposite mm -hmm. but um you know so i decided to put rule the world out there and, and i decided to do it in that order because that's what my gut told me to do and um you know it, my dark sorrow is one of those songs that I, i'm you know super proud of because um first of all it's one of those songs that i wrote in completely by myself and no one else was involved with the song so from front to back to start to finish it's it's 100 me i play all of my own instruments and everything and so like i it just i don't say that to be egotistical i just right. i really am proud of it because it's it was it was something i had to prove to myself that i could do um and you know now that i'm i'm getting i think i'm growing as a musician i'm getting to a point where i'm able to do that uh, a little bit more strong than before and uh it just i don't know again i'm just super proud of that song and uh, i believe in this song because um it's so honest and true and um, right right in the face and i don't i don't hold any bars with it because you know there's no point in it you know what i mean if you're not going to be honest with yourself right in the music then what's the point so you know i've written other songs i've written party songs and you know right. i even wrote a drinking song one time and it's locked deep in the vault at blanket ship music vault it'll probably it may never come to surface but it's those songs that are like you know not to pick on nickelback man but like that's this it's not me it's not right. genuine and i can't you know i think if i put something like that out there people are going to see right through it number one but number two uh you know i love what I do and every song that I release is very intentional and I want people with my music yeah I've you know I, I've written songs for years and I've always told people I can't write a love song like I've tried for decades yeah. to write a ballad write a love song and I it's not in my DNA I I could write yeah. angry music all day long. I could write country songs. I can write reggae songs. But if you sit down and put a gun to my head and say, write me every rose has its thorn type of song, I can't do it. I, it's just not in me. You just have to shoot me because, you know, <laughs> that's just... Yeah, I get. To, I got an uncle and a parent that makes fun of me all the time, and they give me crap because they're like, "Your music is so angry. Can't you just write something happy?" And I'm like, "Nope. Yeah, I can't." <laughs> exactly. I mean, maybe someday, but not right yeah. now. It's that's not what comes out, man. Yeah. You, you know, you got to go with. You got to go with what you feel and what's natural, and um, I think that comes across really well in your music. So, it's yeah, you know, um. The new record, Madness in My Shadows. I uh, I love that title. Where did that title come from? Because it really just kind of... It says so much, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, it, I, I run a lot for my own therapy and uh, health, obviously. But um, to me, it's, it's therapy and it gives me lots of time to think and concentrate and, and meditate on certain things. And I've always, you know, I've lived the last, 
decade of my life um, with the wolves digging at my door and the, the madness in the shadows. I mean, those are lines in the song. So, I mean, it's kind of like I feel like I've always had to stay one step ahead of this, this darkness. And, um, you know, the first album, Crown of Apathy, is, is meant to be, you know, the uh, bearing the, that crown, that, that cross of depression and, and mm-hmm. wanting to care but can't, right? You know, so I've dealt with that a lot throughout my life, battling depression. <clears throat> but I think it was a collection of these songs that came together, and that's really what they all represented. You know what I mean? So it just seemed appropriate. It's a great title, man. It's like I said, when I seen it, I was kind of like, yeah, it's, it's one of them titles that maybe not so much nowadays, but like if back in the day, if you walked into a record store and yeah. you were digging through CDs right, and you like seen it. that, you're, it was, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's one of them ones you're going to be like, okay, I, I got to know more about this one because it's such a, yeah. um, Exodus is one of those bands that, uh, they were great for that. Like when I first, yeah. When I first, so was Queen, right? <laughs> yeah, like you know, they were they were one of them bands. Like the first time I ever seen Exodus in a in a record band, I picked it up, and it said Impact is imminent, and I was like, all right, and you know, and then you flip it over, and it had Changing of the Guards and and all of these different yeah. titles, and you're like, all right, I don't even know this band, but I have to have this CD because it just sounds crazy, you know, and yeah, um, that's kind of how this strikes me is it strikes me as one of those records that um you would kind of just have to have so um touring wise obviously finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel a little bit bit, um getting back out there um what has it i guess what's it been like i guess covid wise without that aspect of being able to perform live. I mean, I know so many people have handled it different ways, you know, live streams and, and different things and driving concerts. And, um, I decided early on that that wasn't going to be me. I wasn't going to do live streams because it's not fair to my, my fans. You know what I mean? Right. I didn't want to cheapen or water down what I worked so hard to build. Um, and I did do live videos, but I didn't do live performance videos because mm-hmm. it's not, there's not the same thing. A live video is not a concert. And I refuse, I absolutely refuse to give in to that. I'm not right. going to, because if it ever came to that, I'd just be done. Because if I can't perform live, then, then what am I doing this for? You know what I mean? I, right. I can't connect with people and you know, I, that's, that's super important to me. So I decided though, at the very beginning, I, you know, I told the guys that play with me, I said, we're, we're not going to do it. We had offers, we had opportunities, and we're just not, you know. Nice. Um, I lost my notes. <laughs> I had notes written down for you. <laughs> I don't know where I laid them at. So I just took some on the well, screen. Well, as far as touring goes, man, I mean, you know, we're seeing some shows that are popping up. Right. But there's this weird crossover that's going on right now. So, like, in the very beginning... I was getting tons of uh, emails, kind of like overnight, just kaboom, you know, my inbox filled up, not the hook. Hey, man, you know, we have these hold dates, and that's kind of how it works when, you, when you're booking things, and you, you put on dates on hold, and you see, and you try to route things and see what makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it started, it started kind of toppling on itself, and all the bigger guys were coming in, and the 
big national guys, you know, the Live Nation uh, released their artists to play, and then all of a sudden, I was getting walked on by the bigger guys, and like, well, we were going to give you this date, but now so-and-so is going to play, and I'm like, well, crap. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, it's it's not, you know, it's a dog-eat-dog business, you know, that, so you've got to be patient. We're going to work itself out. Uh, in the meantime, man, I mean, I've done a lot of one-off gigs. I've got like five shows on the calendar right now. Right. Uh, and I've got probably double that in, in the fire. It's just a matter of confirming dates. And it's a matter of routing and things like that. Now, we are trying to um, we're trying to put something together with an actual full-on tour um, with, with a bigger band. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can go out on you know support kind of like I did with Puddle of Mud and Saliva and those guys, um, <laughs> but obviously I can't say who it is. But right. trust me, <laughs> the couple that we're looking at is a way the the fit makes way more sense, like mu- music wise, like stylistic wise. Right. So I'm really really hoping that these these work itself out. And it, you know, I would say being on a on the positive end of it, I would say I'd be able to announce that sometime late. August. Nice. I, I that'd be the earliest. Yeah, I can't wait to. I I definitely want to see your live show, man. And I know being not that far north of you, uh, up by Detroit, you know that. Um, yeah. It's kind of one of them things where I see some of the shows and I want to get in the car and drive down that far, but then at the same time, it's kind of like, God, I'm like 51 now and driving three and a half or four hours to see a show and then having to drive home. I hear you, man. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking um, so. to the guys up here at the machine shop, man. Hopefully we can work yeah. something out and I can get in there. Kevin is. Um, yeah, Kevin's a sweetheart, man. And Kevin I'm, is the best in the business. He's going to try to get me in sometime, man. Hopefully it'll be this year. I, yeah. I don't know. Everything's yeah. just up, up in the air right now. And the dates that are here, and everybody's kind of fighting over them in, yeah. in a good way. You know, like, oh, I want to play, I want to play. So everybody wants to play, obviously. So. Yeah. Music Factory in Battle Creek is really amazing as well. Um, yeah. So if you get a chance to uh, get over there. Um, but, yeah, Kevin is the best in the business. I love Kevin to death. Um, I've known Yeah, I wish, he, I wish he had a master class of how to run a concert yeah. venue because he literally is the master. Yeah. that That is... What he just said, probably, I have not heard truer words spoken in the past twenty-five years. Like, and it ain't just Kevin, man. It's the yeah. whole crew there, dude. Yeah. Like his sound yeah. crew, his his servers—they're just amazing. But but it starts with Kevin. The whole oh, of course. The the whole package that Kevin has built the machine shop into really is just. You know, when you see the T-shirts that say "World Famous Machine Shop," that's not just a logo. I mean, it really is top to bottom everything. Sure. You know, I mean, it'd be awesome to see them franchise it or something someday, like yeah. a House of Blues type of thing, and have one in each state. Man, that'd yeah, be amazing. I would, I would love. It. I, I, like I said, I love. I've known Kevin for many, many years, practically since I opened that place, and. I've been going there, and it's one of my go-to places. And um, you know, really, of of all the concert venues in Michigan, that's the one you kind of I think everybody calls home because um, sure. you know, I mean, it says a lot when even bands like like Evans Blue 
that's their quote unquote unofficial home. When they get when they gear up to go on tour, they spend three or four days at the machine shop just running through their stuff and getting ready to go. Um yeah. so I mean I think that speaks for itself of when you have bands of that quality that kinda use your venue as a <laughs> as the jump off point uh, for major tours. Sure. Um so Tell everyone where they find you, man. Like, where do they find... Obviously, start with the website where they can pre-order the new record. Um, but, like, where do they find the videos, the, the other records, merchandise, all that kind of stuff? Sure. Uh, it all starts at mickblankenship.com. Um, you can find links to any of my social media there. You can find links to any of my music platforms there. Uh, I'm on virtually every music platform. iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Deezer... You name it, it's out there, Pandora. Um, and as far as social media goes, I'm mainly on Facebook and Instagram, but I also have a TikTok page. I also have a Twitter page and a few others. I have a Reverb Nation, um, and I have um, SoundCloud. I mean, I'm, I'm out there, man. All yeah. you got to do is Google me. <laughs> you can There's definitely do that. Me, <laughs> yeah, like, um, not hard to find, really not. Like, um, I kind of confused myself earlier, right? When I read the press release, I thought the record was already out. And I was like, how the fuck did I miss that? Like, I I still listen to the first one so much. And I was like, how did I miss this new one? And I was yeah. looking on Spotify and all of these places looking for this new record. And I was like, why does nobody have this freaking record? So I went back and I was like, oh, wait, it's pre-release. It's not out yet. That's why I can't right. find it. And I was like scratching yeah. my head like, why did I miss this record? Like, why did I not hear it? Um well, I wanted to give everybody a chance to uh, to own it digitally directly from me. So, right. uh, and that's you know, when you buy directly from the artist, yeah, it's always the best way. And I get one hundred percent of it that way. There's, Cut out the know, middle, I don't man. Even pay, I don't even pay like a PayPal fee. Like that's it, man. Nice. When you, you know, the ten dollars you're paying for the ten songs goes in my pocket, and I that means the world to me at the end of the day because I love when people add me to their Spotify or their Pandora. But I don't really get paid for that. I mean, I do, but it's like it's so small; it doesn't. It's insignificant. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, nice. you know. Until I get into the multi, multi millions of streams, it's not right. ever going to matter. So. Yeah, it's. Man, I. You know the thing with the music thing is, I love the fact that the internet and things like Zoom and and all of this has shrunk it to the point where you could really connect with artists on a much more personal level. But on the flip side of that, on the, on the other side of that, I guess, same sword, is you have so many artists now that it's really hard to cut through all of it. You know, there's like yeah. there's like 10,000 of them, and it kind of leaves you well, like, where do I start? Today, it's yeah. absolutely possible for an artist to do what they need to do and be successful without a record label. Oh, yeah. But like you said, 100%. the flip side of that... The music no longer has any value at all, unless you buy it directly from the artist. Yeah. So, and lots of people still are not going to do that. And I understand it. It's not even. It's not even a matter of I don't have the ten bucks. It just doesn't make sense to people logistically. Yeah. They're like, well, why would I do that when I already listen? I already get it on Spotify. That doesn't yeah. even make sense. It's. Yeah. If if it made more sense to them, I really believe that the fans would step up to the plate. Yeah. And they would support the artist directly, but they just they probably just don't understand. 
Yeah, I and I think that's I think that's a lot of it is I think people they simply don't understand the logistics and the the economics, the right. the, the whole package of what really goes into um sure. if you've never been a musician, if you've never been on tour, if you've never put on a show or promoted a concert, ninety percent of people have no understanding of the work, the time, the stress <laughs> that goes right. into it, you know, and it's it's more than and just even the money, amount man. Of money you spend on, on yeah. you know promoting the show. Yeah. And even more than the money, dude, I like you know, the stress can equate to money because look, when you stress yourself to the point of damn near making yourself sick and then you end up missing work because of it, you know, it's yeah. it's like a almost like a double jeopardy type of thing on the money end of look, you're you're spending the money to put it out there, but then you're also missing where you're getting that money from due to the stress and the, and the hassle of it as well. So, um, it's a, it's a crazy, <laughs> crazy, um, yeah. thing in, uh, it, it takes a special kind to do it. Like I know I thought for many years I wanted to be a rock star growing up. Uh, I was bound and determined I was going to be one. And, and then I made it to that level and learned pretty quickly this fucking sucks. I don't want this at all. <laughs> and I switched gears uh, in still in music, but in a different direction of music, you know, because um, five guys in a 15 foot cargo van uh, sharing a McDonald's Happy Meal uh, on the side of a road somewhere was just not my idea of being a rock star. So. Yep. It pretty much sums it up, man. Yeah, like, it's just, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, you're hot, you're tired, you want to fight everybody, and you're Dude, like, I can't tell you how many damn, you know, Lunchables and Slim yeah. Jims I've eaten over the past five years, man, and it, it wasn't by choice, man. It was either that or starve. Yeah, you know, and that's I, exactly there's it. There's nothing like, open at 4 a.m. after a show, and you're drenched in sweat, and you're yeah. not the cool band that has the dressing rooms and the shower, so you got to sit in your own stink, and you yep. got to... Eat, you know, eat that warm chocolate milk and that Lunchable on yep. your way to the next show, man, and try yep. to get some sleep. Yep, <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I learned real quick. Like this, it's like, wait a minute, where's the Lear Jets? Where's the, you know, where's the groupies? Where's the fucking? They don't exist. Yeah, like I was like, wait a minute, you know, like Motley Crue lied to me, bro. <laughs> like, you know, right? like like this sucks and. I just was like, I got to do something different. I can't do it. And everybody's like, you got to stick to it, man. You'll make it. You'll make it. And I'm like, you know, try to tell that to 2 a.m. Sweating to death me in a fucking van on the side of the road in Louisiana who hadn't slept in 19 hours. You know, I was like, no, I'm done. I'm fucking going. I do what now? It cut out a little bit. Yeah, it cut out. I was like, I was just laughing. I just said, yeah, we're, we were all fighting over a roller dog from the gas station. Yeah, like, like I, I told my guitar player, I was like, I'm going home. And he's like, well, why do you want to go home? And I'm like, look, I'm going home or I'm going to jail. That's just the bottom line of it. I don't want to go to jail, okay? So I'm going home. So oh, that was the end of my rock star dreams, man. I was just that's it. Um, 
we're gonna we're gonna I got two kind of off the wall questions. These are uh, what I can like I lovingly call them the music gods random questions of stupidity. Um because they're just really random questions that I created that make no sense to most everybody, but they're kind of funny and, and whatnot. So, um, if you could sit in any recording session throughout history, what one would you like to say you were there for? Oh, that's actually pretty easy. Um, it would have been the recording of Stone Temple Pilots' core album, uh, with Brendan O'Brien. And, okay. uh, yeah, I would have loved to have been a part of that. That's not one I've heard and, yet. Uh, <laughs> that's very cool. Oh, man, a... Google it. Um, and Google yeah. the story on it, man. They rented out this ranch for like three months out there. And uh, it seemed to me it was it was definitely in California. I think it was right. in somewhere south of Anaheim, maybe. Um, Calabasas, maybe? Does that sound familiar? Maybe yeah. That's I could be wrong. Where the Kardashians are from, so... That's very likely. <laughs> I know nothing of the Kardashian. Yeah, that's where Tommy Lee um, lives too. So, um. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they rented out this ranch for like three months, man. And they went and they lived there, and they got uh, Brendan O'Brien, the producer, uh, to to help them make that album. And just I seen some like documented footage of that, and I just I'm so captivated by that. Like, I, yeah. without a doubt, I've actually dreamed about that. Just to see what that would be like. But yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of go back and forth. Like, there's a few to me that, um, Pink Floyd creating the wall, obviously, would be one. Um, you know, Hotel California with the Eagles would be one, just because yeah. of all the crazy shit that went on. Um, but, you know, there's some modern ones as well. Uh, the Mother Love Bone record. I would have oh, loved wow, yeah. to have been there. Looking back at it now, obviously knowing what was going to happen, I would love to have been able to, I guess, been there for that lightning in a bottle moment. Because, um, you know, hands down, to me, probably one of the most influential records of all time. Um, yeah. You know, just... Or maybe I think a close second would have been Appetite for Destruction. Yeah. I... Yeah, <laughs> that, that one would I mean, have been whether you, totally whether you love insane. Them or hate them, I mean, that's definitely, no. in my personal opinion, that was the, the biggest rock yeah. album in, in world history. Yeah. I don't it, think anyone is going to top it. I mean, yeah, for for what it is, for what it did, the way it changed, I, I don't know the exact words I want to say, but I, I agree, like, it really... Appetite for Destruction and Master of Puppets both, to me, have this very unique place. Sure. The way they changed the landscape for so many bands going forward. Right. What they influenced, what they were about. I mean, there's there's whole mythologies that go with each other. Yeah, one. I always said the same thing. I'm not a huge Nirvana fan, but Nirvana Nevermind was such a massive album because it literally killed hair metal. It, it, yeah. it shot it. And and see, that's a funny thing to me. Like, I... People... When you talk about that aspect, it's very true. But you can also sit back and, and in your head, you can kind of say, you know, if Andrew Wood doesn't overdose and Mother Lovebone 
goes forward, that void that Nirvana guy got pulled into by Mother Love Bone imploding really doesn't exist. So does Nirvana blow up the way they do? You know, what if there's no Pearl Jam? What if it's Mother Love Bone going forward? And then obviously Chris Cornell and those guys because they were best friends. You know, Seattle's a completely different landscape with Mother Love Bone uh, going forward. So again, that's why I say Mother Love Bone because because of that implosion of the band, it created this very unique circumstance for Nirvana, for all of those bands to kind of step into and fill. Um, so, you know, I think it really, again, speaks to how crazy music can be. Like, just on the drop of a dime, you know. Like, everything can change in a minute. Um, so, um, last question I wanted to ask him. Um, if you had a chance to write or create a soundtrack for any video game, which would... Mm. <laughs> um, it'll probably be Skyrim, the new Skyrim. Hopefully, if no. it ever comes out, <laughs> like I, I don't know, man. I'm into the open world games myself, um, and nice. Skyrim is definitely my favorite. Uh, but maybe if if not that opportunity never came, it would probably be some sort of, you know, maybe Call of Duty, something open world, definitely. Yeah. But uh, I'm, you know, I I have Nordic heritage, so. Um, same I got here. Viking running through my blood. <laughs> by my logo. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, I've always been kind of, like, drawn to that. I've always been yeah. drawn to the Renaissance era. I've always been drawn to, you know, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. And, and, you know, I mean, if you listen to Eye for an Eye, that song was wrote for a Viking movie. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, I, oddly enough, the very same reasoning for me, I always said that I would have loved to have created a soundtrack for the game Gauntlet growing up. Gauntlet oh, okay. was... Like the Nintendo game? The original was, uh, but then later you know, it started out or it started out um, full-size video games. Um, yeah. Like Mortal Kombat and Tetris, and then it kind of got down, but um, yeah, I mean, I spent so much money as a teenager playing Gauntlet and arcades that I probably yep. sent that guy's daughter to college um, on that money. Mm-hmm. Like, we would I'm drop... old I remember when that was on NES, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, it used... Uh, I think it was called Gauntlet Dark Legacy. Um, they had the arcade-style one, and it had four players, and you had the warlord and the, the wizard and the mage, and I think the other one was the elf. And, um... You could um, you could kind of play four players at once on it, and yeah. it was my 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 youngest one showed me the other day or a while back. He's like, "Hey, I got this Minecraft Dungeons," and I was like, "Well, what is it?" And we started playing it, and as I'm playing Minecraft Dungeons, the only thing I could think of was like, "Holy shit! Whoever created this game totally played Gauntlet back in the day. Like this is just Gauntlet through and through." With Minecraft skins all over it, um, so that for very much the same reason, because of the heritage and the Norwegian blood and all of that, I definitely would probably go with Gauntlet for me. But um, 
This is Mr. McBlankenship. A uh, new record is called Madness in the Shadows. I told you where you could find it. Go check it out. There is samples on the page that you can listen to. Uh, Crown of Apathy is the record that um, was released in 2017, was it? Or was it 2018? Um, amazing record. Uh, some really, really killer songs in there. Still listen to it uh, religiously. Um, so check that out. Um, dude, thank you for doing this, man. I, uh, I, you know, I'm honored to <laughs> gotten this chatted with you again, man. Sure, man. Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, go check it out. Uh, this is the noise report. I'm the music guy. I'm going to shut the fuck up and I'm going to let you kind of go back and check him out.